Welcome back to Resolved. We all encounter difficult issues at times. Life can get tough and it may seem impossible. But no matter what and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through him, we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message is about having courage. Courage is necessary when things get overwhelming and life seems to go into a tailspin. That's coming up next on Resolved. Now let's join Pastor Tom Porter. 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses uh, 10 through 22 and 1. Before I go into that, I want to give you a definition for courage this morning. We're going to talk about courage, so let's have a definition of courage. Courage is applying the resources that I have in creative ways when faced with overwhelming odds. Let me say that again and listen on purpose. Courage is applying the resources that I have in creative ways when faced with overwhelming odds. Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life? Have you ever felt like, oh, I don't know what to do? As a Boy Scout, I remember I love to to cook, and I love to build fires, and I love to... um, I love one of the first things you do as a Boy Scout when you get to camp is you got to go out and gather the firewood. You remember you always gathered more wood than what you thought you were going to need. Remember that? And uh, so we go out and, and for a fire, for a cooking fire, it had to be the right kind of wood. You didn't want to use pine or anything with a lot of tar in it. You wanted to use hard wood. And uh, so we, I'd go out and I'd gather wood. While I was out gathering wood, uh, I came across this snake. It might have been 12, 20 feet. I don't know. It was huge huge snake. And uh, it scared me to death. You're down there in the wood picking it all up. Uh, and and I, here's this snake. And boy, it looked at me, you know, and I looked at it and I grabbed me a stick. I had me a stick. Now that snake, he doesn't have an Uzi, an AK-47, uh, you know, a grenade launcher. He has no, he doesn't have any arms and legs. He's just slithering around on the ground, and here I am swatting at this snake. And I'm swatting, and I'm sw- I don't know if I'm hitting or missing. I don't know. I'm more, it's probably like this right here. And, and the snake just, just uh, all of a sudden, just rolled on its back and, I, and was still. And I thought, I killed it. I ran back into camp and said, hey, Scoutmaster, hey, guys, come here. Let me show you this huge, I think it's an anaconda, man. It is huge. You got to come see this snake. And so we all ran out, and I said, right, right, yeah, Tom, yeah, 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 you got a snake. I I got a snake. I promise I got a snake. Where did that snake go? I learned later on, after getting out one of our manuals on snakes, it was a hog-nosed snake. And one of the uh, defenses that a hog-nosed snake makes is it plays possum. It plays dead. It, uh, any reptile, any snake, when it dies, it naturally rolls belly up. And so when it did that, I thought, well, I killed it. Now, that snake was using, when faced with overwhelming odds, that snake was using whatever he had, which was his m- m- mind, and uh, thought, I'll just roll over and play. Ha- have you ever heard that if a, if a 13-foot or a 12-foot or a 10-foot grizzly bear comes after you, what are you supposed to do? Pray. He said that. Pray. Yeah, you get, on, you get in a fetal position, and you got to play dead. 
And that takes a lot of breath. I don't know about you. You want to run off, run away. But they tell you you're supposed to lay down and just, just be still with a big old bear blowing his DNA all over your face, snorting and licking. And oh, man, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'd be scared of that. But that takes a lot of bravery, doesn't it? For years, when aviation first came out, especially military aviation, whenever they'd go into a tailspin, the natural inclination going into a tailspin is to pull your, the stick up, get the rudders going up, and it was to also turn into the, the spin, just like you do when, you're, when your car uh, goes out of, out of whack, and, um, or go against, the, go against the spin. Then one day, and pilot after pilot after pilot went down into the ground, crashed. And they, they never, they, what's going on? One day, a brave pilot, you'd have to be brave to do this. When he went into a tailspin, this is a true story. Kind of expect that from the preacher, though, don't you? Into a tailspin, the pilot thought, you know what? Every guy that I've known has pulled rudder back and turned against the spin. He turned with the spin and pushed the rudder forward. And you know what? That plane, whoom, came right out of the spin. And from that day on, no other pilot that got the word, no other pilot lost their life in a tailspin of that caliber. But that took courage. The guy didn't have, his manual didn't work, nothing he had, none of his resources that he had would take care of it. He did something different. Where do we find this in Scripture of doing something different? In 1 Samuel, you're there. Let's look at, um, at verse 20, uh, chapter 21 and go to verse number 10. This is David. He's fleeing from, king, from Saul. David's to be the new king. Saul's upset. And uh, in verse 10 it says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Ashish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Ashish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? You see, back in those days, you know, we said, I love you, infinity. Or I, I've got so much money, I've got infinity money. But back in those days, ten thousand was a, was a number that could not be numbered. And so Saul was jealous about that, that he had killed his thousands, but yea, David has killed his tens of thousands of people. And David laid up, the verse 12, these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, um, uh, the king of Gath. And he, uh, he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and uh, scrabbled on the doors of the gate and left his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Ashish unto his servants, Lo, you see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? In verse 1 of chapter 22, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam, and when his brethren uh, and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Here you've got 
David and his small band of 600 men. Now, David has had ample time, ample time to, uh, to even kill Saul. Four times, Saul uh, tried to kill David. Uh, they had, David had three, three options, yea, four options. The first option that David had, being attacked by Saul, the first option he had, they could remain where they were, and that meant certain death at the hand of a jealous king, King Saul. So staying there was certain death. So they got on the move. Well, then they, they could go to a friendly nation and seek asylum there, but that involved great risk as well. They could go out to the wilderness if they wanted to, hide in the caves, which was a, a tactic used back then. And, but that, that, that meant war and battle again. It wasn't the best option. So Saul um, had attempted to kill David. And so David thought, man, we'll just keep running from the king. And, and, and hopefully I'll make the right choice. Again, as I said at the beginning of the message, have you ever felt overwhelmed? David was feeling overwhelmed. Four times Saul attempted to kill him, twice by hurling a spear at him, once by sending him after the Philistines, and once in his own home. David saw these attempts on his life not as fits of uncontrolled jealousy, but part of a plan to prevent him from replacing Saul as the king. There was only one other option for David. Risking death was to go to Goth and try to make allies with them. Hopefully, because King Ashish was against Saul as well, hopefully they, they could be uh, allies and it would be okay. And David could be accepted by the king. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was hard for David to make that, that choice. Have you ever made a mistake? Let me ask you this. Have you ever made a mistake and you saw God turn that mistake around to a positive thing? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever wondered, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Boy, that was dumb of me to do that. But then you see God taking that and turning it around for good. Well, Here's David. Now, listen, David, he had time to kill Saul. Matter of fact, he caught Saul sleeping one time in a cave, and David could have speared him. His men said, well, there he is. He's sleeping right there. Just go ahead and take him out now. But what did David say? I'll not, I'll not touch God's anointed. David said, I'm not going to do it. Now, David did cut some fabric off his clothing, later on showed it to Saul. You know, man, I caught you sleeping. I could have took you out. But David said, I'm, I'm not going to go before the Lord. I'm not going to go ahead of the Lord. God's already, Samuel's already told me I'm going to be the next king. I'm going to wait for God's timing. And isn't that some of the hardest things that we can do as Christians is wait on God's timing? Have you ever gone before the Lord? Now, Lord, this will work. This will happen. So I'm going to do it and you bless it. And God says, the Holy Spirit in your heart, it's not ready. You're not ready yet. It's not time yet. I'm not ready for you to do that yet. Or maybe God just emphatically says, don't do that. But Lord, it makes a lot of sense. Lord, you're not listening to me. This makes sense. This, this dog will hunt. 
This will work. And God says, no, don't do that. Well, God, you just bless it because I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. But God's a God of mercy and God's a God of grace. And, and, and God, God knows. Have you ever made a mistake? Man, David goes in totally defenseless. He's separated from his men. They leave the men outside his army and they bring David inside. David walks in. Carrying a sword. Don't be afraid. It's made out of duct tape. My wife can make anything out of duct tape this year. (laughs) We're building a house right now made totally out of duct tape. (laughs) Liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm just kidding. Now, I'm sure that Goliath's sword was a lot bigger than this one, but that's as much as cardboard and tape she had. David walks in, comes in to to the city carrying Goliath's sword. Hmm. Reckon where Goliath was from. What city do you think he hailed from? Gath. That was his city. King of Sheesh, that was his king. Here, Goliath, a giant of a man, Philistine. David killed Goliath. David took the spoil of his spear and had it with him. Do you not think that when David came in and the king's soldiers noticed that this was Goliath's sword, do you not think they were ticked off? They drug David into the palace, put him over in a closet, but he had his ear to the door and he was listening to his accusers. And the longer they talked, the more he realized, hmm, no chance I'm going to be made an ally with king of sheaths. This is just not going to happen. I'm in trouble. And just like that hognose snake, David didn't have an Uzi, didn't have an AK-47, didn't have a grenade launcher. He had arms and legs and a mind. That's it. And so he was thinking, he was praying. God, what should I do? And God's words, we read it already. He said that he came, when they went and got David, he came out of that closet. He had just just spat all over his beard, just let it drool. Hopefully he had a bunch of milk that morning, all right? Mm, all right. And then he, um, uh, he, he, he puffed out his hair and just started clawing at the wall and just, just acting like a crazy man. And back then, they believed if a man was like that, and you killed that man, that evil spirit that they supposed was in that man would come into them. And so the king said, as we read it, what have you done? You brought this madman into my house. Get him out of here. And David's going, yeah, this is good. And they got him out. Now, the rest of the story. The rest of the story, David uh, left, and later on, King Ashish found out about what he had done, that he, he acted like he acted uh, for a reason, and he thought that was good strategy. That was a brave man. That David, he had a lot of courage to do what he did. Hey, 
And so, uh, you know what King Ashish did? King Ashish said, you know what? Come on, I'll make you an ally. As a matter of fact, King Ashish gave him a city called Ziklag. Now, it must have been somewhere around Arkansas, all right? Ziklag. Where are you from, man? I'm from Ziklag, you know? That just, that's just crazy. And Arkansas has a lot, you know, they got Booger Holler and all those, all those little towns like that. We could talk about West Virginia too, though, can't we? All right, we could talk about West Virginia. All those town names, but Ziklag. Remember, that's the town that when David and his army were gone and all the, uh, uh, the, the enemy came in and took the women and the children and uh, took them and, and burnt the city down. That's where David stood, where the, his army looked at him and he had tears in his eyes and it, all the men pointed their fingers at him and, and said, you know what, you caused all this. You caused all this. How would you like to drive? There, there are people right now driving into towns up in the Midwest and in the Mideast in Indiana and places like that, and their, ta- their towns are destroyed. Well, when I see that, when I see people going through rubble, and I think, oh, Lord, I, w- that, I would hate to have to. I'd hate to go through a flood. I would hate to go through just total destruction. And those men looked at David and said, you're the reason for that. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Isn't that great? In the Lord, his God. David knew God personally. David knew God personally. The Lord is my shepherd, he wrote one time. My shepherd. Oh, that's so good. David had already been anointed by Samuel to be the next king. David knew that he was in trouble. Had he just hearing the God's uh, ac- the guards accusations against him, he could have been prideful. He could have wanted to keep his dignity. I'm the next king. They wouldn't. They don't care about that, and they would have killed him had he done that. But he humbled himself. He played like a crazy man that they would not kill him for fear of an evil spirit coming upon them. It takes courage to step out in faith with God. Overwhelming odds. You ever felt like that? Has God ever tried to speak to you about doing something, but you were too busy doing your own thing? Huh? Well, Lord, I'll do that, but I'll do it another time. Lord, I'll, I'll accept your son, Jesus Christ, but right now, there's some things that I want to do. Let me, re, let me just encourage you. That's a lie of the devil right there. If you will let go and let God and accept his son as your personal Lord and Savior, I'll promise you what you thought you had to do, the, you know, your aspirations, your goals. Let me tell you, if God doesn't accelerate those goals and aspirations, he'll give you better goals and better aspirations to go for. He'll take you higher than what you've ever thought you would want to be. I promise you that. The Christian life is one of excitement. It's one of, of joy, and there's heartaches as well. I've told you about that. But you've got a Lord in Jesus Christ that will help carry you through any difficult, any overwhelming odds you'll ever come against. I promise you, I promise you that. Maybe you're too afraid of the what ifs. Maybe you're too afraid of the what ifs. Well, you know, and I'm a what if guy. 
to my own fault because I was raised a Boy Scout. Did I tell you that? What's the Boy Scout's motto? Always be prepared. Always be prepared. And you know, I'm the what if guy. Well, we're going to do this. But if we do this, now what are the ramifications of doing this? And what could go wrong? And, and oh my, I can make my life a wreck. I can make my life miserable because I'm thinking of all the what ifs could happen. Are you, any of you like that? It, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a good thing on one hand. See, I'm trying to justify it, Lord. Um, but it, it, the best thing to do is just to let go. And say, God, you're my heavenly father. Lord, I don't have the answer. God, I'm overwhelmed. God, whatever. God, you've asked me to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I've got reservations, God, because, you know, maybe you haven't thought about this, this, and this. And God, I think, sometimes just looks at me and shakes his head. You turkey buzzard. Porter, just do it. Just do it. Some of you have been waiting to put off accepting Christ as your Savior. Just do it. It'll be the best decision. Has God been speaking to you about something? Perhaps today God's been speaking to your heart, maybe for a day or two, maybe for a week or two, maybe for years. God's been speaking to you. God's been saying, that still small voice, God's been saying, you know, you ought to be working and volunteering and serving the Lord. Maybe God's been speaking to you about dying. You know, our God is so gracious that he's given us a way out about death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Jesus Christ has given us victory over the death and over the grave by his resurrection. Don't ever let anybody convince you that Jesus Christ never rose from the dead. And there's a, there's a big move out there. People saying, well, he didn't, he didn't bodily resurrect from the dead. He never really died. Don't believe that lie. Because of his resurrection, we have victory over the grave and over death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? We have victory in Christ. Maybe God's been speaking to you about being saved. What do you mean being saved? Saved from what? Saved from your sins. The Bible says all have sin and come short of the glory of God. All, every human being has that, that, that sin nature within them. And you need, to have, you need to do something about that. Because the Bible says if we don't, have, we don't have our sins forgiven, then we're doomed for an eternal hell. Well, how could God, a God of love, ever send anybody to hell? He doesn't. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God doesn't send anybody to hell. The one sin, the, the, the one sin that's the unpardonable sin is rejecting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Rejecting him and saying whatever, but you're, you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior. Do you know that you're going to heaven when you die? Maybe you're faced with overwhelming odds. Maybe the odds are just overwhelming in your life. Hey, you need to come and say, God, help me. I've blown it. God, I've made a mistake. God, I, I pray. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child. Maybe you're, you're born again. God, I'm your child. And I, I ask you humbly to make my mistake into something good. 
And we know that all things work together for good, the Bible says. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from him? You know, the Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal savior today? It's easier than you think. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross, and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church, Titusville, Florida, USA. For notes on this message and others, you can find them at resolved.podbean.com. If you wish to send us a question or comment, you can email us at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.